And what I realized was you don't build trust by pitching and closing and stuff. You build trust by listening. Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's gonna be, who you're gonna be, how you're gonna do it. And then from that point, the universe is gonna get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Today's episode, we interview Bob Heilig. Bob has been a mentor of ours from afar. We've listened to his podcast for years now. And Bob's the founder of Your Virtual Upline. It's a leadership development company for network marketing and direct sales professionals. And his mission and his whole brand is to help elevate and transform really the network marketing profession through not only his podcast, but he has his legacy leadership academy. He has Your Virtual Upline. He has free trainings. He has so much stuff. And his brand is really Love, Serve, Grow. He puts service first in the network marketing profession. He puts giving, he puts creating value for others first. And you're going to feel that in this episode. And his motto is don't just create a bigger downline. Let's build a better world in the process. So we're excited to welcome Bob on. Sandy, like we've been watching Bob for years now, right? Mm-hmm. This was such a good episode. And this is the final episode of our network marketing series. We started that several weeks back. We've had so many incredible guests on as part of that series. We started out with Ray Higdon. We also had Colleen Nichols with No Shame Sales Game. We had Justin Prince. We had Coach Neil. We had a couple episodes of just Wade and I. We even had a kick in the butt coaching call from Wade. Um, And we had Colton last week. week, And then now we're closing out with Bob. This was a really, really, really powerful series. Go back and visit these. Send them to your team. There was so much gold, so many good nuggets. Like you should have journals full of notes from all the goodies. These are top network marketers, recruiters, top earners, some turned trainers, coaches. Like, oh my God, the wisdom, the, the knowledge we even got from interviewing all these people has been incredible. Totally. So with that said, let's welcome Bob to the show. Bob, welcome to the show. So grateful. So happy to have you on. Say what up to the Getting Magnetic audience. Yeah, I know we've been trying to make this happen for a minute here, so I'm excited to be here. So what up, Magnetic audience? This is is exciting because Bob has been a a mentor of Sandy and- and Digital mentor, yes. Digital mentor from afar for years, really for probably four years since we started our network marketing business. And, you know, we've connected with them a bit here and there on Instagram. Yeah, we've been, this interview has been in the making for some time and now we're here live. And we're really excited because what I see, like when I think about Bob Heilig, I think about someone kind of transforming and transcending the industry to an extent and really leading heart led and leading with love and leading with transformation. And I just really appreciate that because we were talking before we hit record here, but Sandy and I, our goal is to professionalize the industry and really make it sexy and not in the way of like back in the day, network marketing, sexy, like check out my car, come make a lot of money, sexy. Like, damn, I just want to be around those people. I want to be around that community. 
I want to be a part of that. I want to get healthier. I want to grow as a person. And I see the work you're doing in the industry. I think it's just so necessary and such an amazing part of where the industry is going. But thank you for coming on. I'd love to give the people like, and even myself, like your background, like what's Bob's story? How'd you get here to be, you have an amazing podcast, your virtual upline. We'll share all that later, but how'd you get here? Yeah. So I was, um, I was first introduced to network marketing in, I was fresh out of college. I'll date myself a little bit here. That was <laughs> 20 years ago, I guess at this point. Um, and I never heard of it before, fell in love with it, probably just like a lot of other people in this profession. And, but my story was I was in, I started with a company who shall remain nameless. That was your stereotypical fake it till you make it old school sales tactics, MLM kind of network marketing company Mm -hmm. where they were almost militant to a degree in terms of the way that you did things, you don't vary from it, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I was brought up in this world where it was a lot of flash. It was a lot of show it, even if you don't really have it. And it doesn't matter what you have to do to do that. And so I just kind of thought like, all right, that's what you do. Like, I love the idea of freedom. I love the idea of not having a boss. I, never really considered entrepreneurship for me because I, I just no, I just didn't come from that. And, and I, but I love the business model. And so I just accepted the fact that these were the things that you needed to do to be successful because I didn't know any other companies. I just looked mm-hmm. at the people that were on stage in my company and I just kind of embraced it. But if I'm honest, it, it didn't really feel very aligned with who I was. Mm-hmm. And so I spent several years um, struggling and creating moderate success, never anything really like I had hoped and um, reached a point eventually where I quit. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I, for about four years, just kind of struggling to really make it work. And I just gave up. And I was one of those guys that said, I'd never do it again. Um, until I did it again. Are you doing it alongside a job, a career? Yeah. So I was working in sales, uh, corporate sales, different types of things. And I I actually, you know, and this is, I've got, this is one of the things that just makes me shake my head. You know, (laughs) I hate when I hate network marketing companies that talk bad about jobs and traditional Mm -hmm. careers. You know, it's one thing to sell the value of what you do, but it's a whole other thing to disparage and try to diminish people that are doing something different as a way to make your thing seem more valuable. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get into that conversation a little later. It's really more of a, a scarcity-based mentality. And But I was in this company where it was like the goal was quit your job. And that like, you know, that was celebrated. And so um, I did that way too soon and was, um, you know, trying to fake it until I make it. I was living in a house with eight other people that were all on the same team, this Mm. big old house. You want to talk about boiler room, man? (laughs) I mean, we used to do meetings in a big old boardroom. Like we had this big room that we put a big boardroom table in and we used to just shuffle people in and out of the house. I mean, this was pre-Facebook. This is pre-video and Zoom. Mm -hmm. I can remember we had a, this is when we were all full-time, right? Trying to make it work. We had an account for Career Builder, which was a job site. I don't even know if it exists anymore. 
And we had an employer account, which allowed us to download and print up um, a thousand resumes a month. So we used to actually take turns on whose month it was. And so every like four or five months, I would get a thousand resumes that I could print up and I would cold call resumes inviting people to our house for interviews that they thought they were coming to. And we would pitch them on our network marketing company. Wow. And like these were the kinds of things though, that my upline was saying that I needed to do because, because I blew out my whole warm market Mm -hmm. and I ripped through them. And, um, and I just like, I can just remember the whole time, like, okay, this is what so-and-so is telling me, but this doesn't feel right. Like I would see people would join and they would quit and they'd be, you know, just churned out, like spit out. And I'm just, and the, and it was always the same message, just recruit more people, do more meetings. And I was like, this just doesn't, doesn't feel right to me. Mm. And I got to a point where um, I quit my job and I was broke and I was like 30 years old. And I'm, and I remember thinking to myself, I am so much worse off today at 30 than I was when I was 20 years old. And I was like, something's got to change. And I went, I got a job and I got a good job in medical sales. And I did that for about five years and I was miserable because I was like, this is not what I want. Like I'm not making the kind of impact that I want to make. And Mm -hmm. so I got back into the profession um, just by chance. And in that second go around, I had a lot more success because I, I did it the way that I always wanted to do it. And I learned a lot and I grew a lot. And so that was kind of my journey in the early days. Mm. Wow. I love your story. It's so powerful. So then how did you get to where you are now with creating your virtual upline? Yeah. So that second go around, I I remember thinking to myself, you know, I want to do this differently. Um, I am someone that, you know, we teach a philosophy that we call love, serve, grow. And a lot of times people will hear that and they'll be like, oh, that sounds really nice. Love and service and growth. And what I say is these are not just things that sound nice. Like I believe these are the values that if you can have them define what you do in your business are the key to sustainable success that's fulfilling and that actually makes an impact in other people's lives. And I'm I'm like fundamentally, I've always just been more motivated to help people. That's why I love network marketing. I loved mm-hmm. helping people. And I got to a point where I really, I, I reached this kind of crossroad because I realized I was not helping people in that first company. They were commission checks to me. That's all they were. That was how I was being taught to think about them. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I said, next time around, I said, well, I want to do this the way that I want to do it. And I believe that if you can really truly care about people and you can come from a place of service, and even if that means that you're sacrificing short term for the benefit of others, that I want to give it a try this way. And, you know, I didn't have love, serve, grow as a thing, but these were the values that I always kind of lived by. And when I brought who I was in my actual life and I gave myself permission to just be that in my business, that's when it really started to click. So I had success, um, was able to walk like for real, for real, walk away from my career because I was making a lot of money. And, um, you know, I like to say things happen for a reason. Sometimes we are rejected from something that's good to be redirected to something that's better. And, you know, I just believe that God had bigger plans for my life. And mm-hmm. so the company that I was working with that I thought was going to be it actually went out of business mm. Wow! and overnight, 
Like, wow, was talk that, about that, the was rug. Were you blindsided? Oh my God. I Blindsided. I was in the corporate office. So I was top rep, spoke on stages. They brought me in in this hybrid role where I was creating the corporate training and like I was in the know as any as as much as anybody would have been in the field. I was in the corporate office for a, a, an annual planning meeting, and the meeting never started. And they just started pulling us into the CEO's office one by one. I was like, this doesn't feel like it's very good. Mm-hmm. And oh told us. Now listen, there there's actually a really there's a silver lining to this story. So I still get a I still get a residual check today from them six years later. Mm. So to their, um, to the, to, to their, you know, defense, they honored their residual payments to us. And, but I was like, all right, what am I going to do? I was newly engaged. I was almost 40 years old and I was like, okay, I need to find another company. And so found another company. <laughs> I, I even, so I feel bad sometimes telling this story on a network I'm loving this story. podcast so because good. like, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to like instill doubt in the minds of people sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what I think it does is for those of you that are listening to this, that know you're with a great company, it should make you value and cherish that even more mm-hmm. because I, I've been in the experience of not being with great companies. <laughs> so I joined another company called up a good friend of mine and, uh, I joined that company because I wanted to learn how to start building a personal brand. Because after that failure, I realized that I need to be a little bit smarter about, I can't just be selling my company. I need to start selling myself. And so I joined this other company and uh, seven months later, they um, got shut down by the Federal Trade Commission. Wow. And so it was, uh, it was August of 2016. I remember thinking, what is happening to me? So I had been putting off so imagine this, I had friends of mine, my friends that were already doing the branding thing. They're like, dude, you got to do videos. You'd be so good on video. And I'm like, I know, but do I really have to do it? No. And so I went through this experience the second time and I'm like, if you don't start doing something different, you are an idiot. And so I woke up like literally the Monday after this went down, I woke up and I hopped on Periscope, which was brand new. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, live video. I kind of like the sound of that because I can just get on. I don't have to like script and rehearse and record myself and, and look at myself, you know, and I don't like that and re-record it. And I'll just go live and it's gone in a day. And so I woke up and I was like, I'm just going to do this every day. And I did a live video every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. I had like five people on the first video. But, but what was interesting is all I did was I just showed up and I loved and I served and I learned and I grew. And I was like, I was literally doing what I teach today without realizing it, just having faith that I did have value to offer. And then if I could connect with and help enough people that that would create some kind of an opportunity for me. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't make money for six months. And then it all just kind of started to come together in a, in this like tidal wave of just things happening. And here we are six years later, and it's just, it's been the best thing I've ever done. Wow. I love your story. There's so many good things to unpack there. And one of my favorite things that you touched on is really like being who you are as you're building your business. I see so many people trying to be someone else or be their upline or a sideline or someone that's killing it in the business and showing up in a way that isn't authentic to them. And you talked about alignment, like alignment is huge. Like when you're truly in alignment with who you are and just 
how you show up. People feel that people see that people, you know, it's just like such a vibe when you're like not in check with who you are. And so I feel like really when you are authentically showing up in your business as who you are, this business naturally like duplicates and grows and you attract people and people like want to do what you're doing. But the icky part of network marketing that oftentimes turns off people is when people are maybe like faking it till they make it and acting a certain way. That's just like, so not who they are. Can I, uh, can I share a story with you that I think absolutely it, it really plays into what you just said about feeling aligned with your message and your mission. So the way that we used to present the business to people, we were very just, I was in a company that marketed services. So it was very opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. So anytime I had somebody that I wanted that was interested in the business, we would always go grab coffee, right? So I, I mean, I did thousands of meetings in like Starbucks or Panera's and I would go into the meeting and I would say, give me an hour. And I had every minute of that hour scripted out. I knew exactly what I was going to do. It was just this intricate song and dance to try to get you to trust me to give. So you give me your 500 bucks. And and listen, I wasn't coming from that place where I was like trying to manipulate people. But that was, I always was taught the focus is getting the sale, getting the recruit. It was a very, we call it a very transactional mindset where it's like success or failure is determined. Did you get the result? And so we would sit down and I would, and I just do my upline told me, cause I was always very coachable, you know, ask a couple of questions, build rapport, and then get into your presentation. And I had my little, uh, my little uh, PDF and I'd sit down and the PDF was one through 10 company products, comp plan, this build the dream, talk about everything you can get, how great it is. And I would just do that. And then he would say, well, Bob, you can't talk for the whole hour. Cause that'll be weird. So after you hit box number four, look at him and say, does that make sense? And he said, yeah, it makes sense. And he said, cause this needs to be a convert. But it was like, when I think back, I want to like bomb it. Cause it was so <laughs> scripted. And, mm-hmm. and I think about how many times I go through this process thinking this is going to create value. And it, and it was so hard to get people to say yes. I mean, it was, so, it, I was like closing and handling objections and, and it always just felt so icky to me. And this one, I had this one time I I met, I was in medical sales and I met another medical sales rep in a doctor's office. And we had this great conversation waiting to see the doctor, exchanged cards like I always did. And then I would always call the guy up, let's grab coffee. And I remember having a conversation with this guy and I'm like, man, this dude is just like me. And I remember going into the meeting and I just had, I don't know what made me do this. I'm like, I want to do this meeting different. I want to just sit down because I'm actually curious to find out if he really is like me, if all the things that he, that I was struggling with in my medical sales career that led me to say yes to this, if he could relate to that. And I sat down and did not take out my presentation book. I didn't go through the song and dance. I just was totally present and I talked to the guy and I cared and I asked him questions and I related to him and he knew that I knew him because of that. And I'll never forget, it was coming up to the end of the hour and he stopped me mid-sentence and he says, all right, I'm in. And I it was like totally startled. I'm like, I'm like, wait, he, uh, he goes, I'm in. <laughs> and he started laughing like this. I'm like, do you even want to know what it is? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He says, it doesn't matter. He says, it doesn't matter because I trust you and I believe that you can help me And if you're doing it, I want to do it. 
chills. Seriously. Chills down my spine. And and in that well, that moment was a monumental shift for me. See, because I thought I had been taught the way you create value and get someone interested for your thing is you just tell them how great it is. I didn't spend once. He didn't even know the name of the company <laughs> or what we sold. And what I realized was you don't build trust by pitching and closing and set. you build trust by listening, mm. by connecting. And so what I, what I didn't realize I'd learned in that moment, and I'm going to bring it back to what you said, Sandy, here's the reason why most people struggle with recruiting, because I totally agree with you. They think that they have to be someone they're not to recruit somebody that they think is better than them. And here's the truth of the matter. And anybody that's listening to this, I'll say this to you right now. Your ideal recruit for your business is you. It's you. It's the version of you right before you started with your business. You had a specific set of problems and things in your life that caused you to be open to doing this thing. And if you recognize that the mission of the work that you do is not to go find these mythical, magical unicorns that are going to join your team and you're never going to have anything to do and they're just going to go out and crush it because those people don't exist for most people. It's to find other people that are like you. And when we when we start to understand that, what we realize is that we don't need a rank or a lot of money to be credible in the eyes of that person because what you were looking for when you started wasn't the big rank. It wasn't freedom. You just wanted some hope. You wanted connection. You wanted community. You wanted to grow. You wanted to feel like you had a chance to do something different with your life. And then when that same person realizes that and says, you know what? I do have something to offer people. I do have a gift. I can help the way that they show up every day in their conversation immediately shifts and their confidence in their belief in themselves starts to go up as well. Mm. Wow. That was so profound. I'm excited to like, listen back to that because your energy, when you just like rechannel that story, by the way, you're an incredible storyteller. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> which is such a great skill to have like in, in anything, but I also just in network marketing, like truly, I feel like the better you can tell a story and pull people into how you feel, where you were at when you started your business, like where you're at now, walking people through that, relating to people's pain points, like really painting that vision of like what this could be for them. The more that you can share that like so authentically and like pull people into what it felt like, where you were at, all those emotions, all those things, that's like so relatable. That's when people magnetize to you because they're like, wow, I've literally felt that where I feel that right now. And I want to change. I want to change too. So yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I love it. And so it feels like all these experiences and like, for example, that story in these moments were the setup setting you up to to realize like, oh, I, I need to create your virtual upline. I need to create this. Not only like you wanted to make an impact and you realize there's this point where it's like, oh, I'm in this network marketing company. I could be a virtual upline for other people. What was that shift for you? And then what is like the mission of your virtual upline? Yeah, well, it started real simple. I just started hopping on Periscope and mm -hmm. just telling these stories, teaching what I learned, sharing my thoughts on this profession. And um, people started watching. And so I started to realize like, okay, 
maybe there are a lot of other people out there that feel the same way that I do that are completely nauseated by fake it till you make it. And, you know, acting like they need to be somebody that they're not that really got into this profession because they fundamentally feel the sense of purpose and a calling and they want to help. And so it slowly evolved where I started gaining more confidence and I'm like, okay, like this needs to be a message that needs to be heard more loud and clear. And I'll tell you, Wade, what's really to me made me even more convicted around this message and this work that we do about legitimizing this type of an approach to the business is social media. Mm. Social media has been the best and the worst thing that's ever happened to our profession. Mm -hmm. It's been the best thing for obvious reasons. We're connected in a way we've never been before. And, Mm -hmm. um, but it's been the worst thing because what it's done is it has magnified all of the negative aspects of what we're talking about here because people are exposed to it every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's made it harder for the people that are trying to do it well to actually get attention. And so the mission of the work that we do is to really get people to fundamentally start thinking differently about what social selling and network marketing is as a vehicle. And so most of the people that come to us They come to us because they hear me talk about Love, Serve, Grow, and that immediately connects with them at a values level, right? They're like, yes, these are the things that are important to me. So they come to us with that. But what I notice right away is this. They're struggling. They have the right intention and their heart's in the right place, but they have the wrong approach to their business. So they're using strategies and they have an approach to their business that there's not really anything wrong with it, but it's not aligned with what they really believe themselves to be. And it's actually working in opposition of them doing what they really want to do, which is really impacting and changing people's lives in a meaningful way. So we just help bridge the gap. And it's funny, we just give permission, people permission to be who you are. Mm-hmm. But we arm them with a skill set and a different plan and approach to their business. Mm. I love it. I, I really see this is where the industry is going if it's to keep thriving and growing and really uh, the the network marketing business model, the actual model. I come from a business background. And so I, I remember looking at the business model, I'm like, conceptually, this is really smart. Like, and what I always, I like Zig Ziglar's quote, like help enough people get what you, what they want and you'll have everything you ever wanted and needed. And I think that is the network marketing business model. However, there are different ways to get there, but really it's about making an impact, helping people with your products or service, like truly helping customers and clients, serving them, helping other people do what you do and just build in building that business and helping clients. And if you focus outward, like on helping enough people, you'll a, a byproduct, a result is being successful. Now, network marketing gets a bad stigma because it's been the wild, wild west for, for decades, for a hundred years, for however long. And then the FTC comes in, regulation starts to come in, starts to clean it up a bit, starts to put some parameters, starts to be like, hey, customer focus, all the things. But there's still, yeah, the flash, there's still the opportunity, there's still the fake it till you make it, there's still that, that misalignment kind of with, with people's yeah. hearts and their souls. And I really see your message is the way of the future. If network marketing is to grow to, into its potential yeah. and into where it can really go and serving the world, because it's a brilliant business model, especially this day and age. But if the majority of people are loving, serving, growing, like, oh my gosh, the potential is huge. Yeah. And so where I want to ask you, 
where do you see the industry growing, like going and how is like transformational selling and love serve grow like a part of that? Because I really think yeah. it, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's an important question. I mean, listen, are there bad companies? Absolutely. And are there bad, you know, when I say bad, I mean, you know, like companies that fundamentally are there just to generate a profit at the expense of other, like there are absolutely those kinds of companies. Mm -hmm. And are there leaders that also come from that place? Yes. But there's also a lot of other really good people. The majority of people in this profession are, are not here because they're looking to, you know, manipulate and get over on people. It's just that they're not operating in a way that it, it, they operate in a way that turns people off. Like people don't even understand, most people don't understand network marketing. They just look down on network marketers mm -hmm. because of their interactions with them. Mm -hmm. And and the thing that kind of gets me frustrated is these are not bad people. They just don't know any better. So when I look at the landscape of the profession today, what I start, what I'm seeing is happening is that people really need to take a different approach to the way that they run their business. And the number one area where that happens is, is, is in their conversations they're having with prospects. Like that, when you think about people's perception of what we do, that is the thing that creates the perception is when you're talking to me about your business, like fundamentally, what are you talking about? So I think that number one, we need to change our approach and we teach this whole transformational, transactional sales stuff, which we can talk about. But I'll say this, the collective mindset needs to shift of people in this profession. Most, so many of the leaders that I see operate from this place of scarcity and fear. Mm -hmm. And it's so prevalent in the world we live in today with social media. There's a new company every single six months. It's the shiny new object and everybody wants to go there. And it's like what I say, and maybe it's easier for me to say this because I'm not in it, but we can't really expect people outside of this profession to treat us with respect if we can't even do it inside of it with each other, mm -hmm. right? So many like trashing each other, knocking, you know, knocking your stuff down to make my stuff see like there's so much stuff that just toxic, like negative fear-based stuff that happens in the profession. Like we need to collectively shift the mindset that we live in a world of abundance. And just because you're doing well, doesn't mean that there's any less opportunity for me. And, you know, I think if, if, if that to me is like the main singular purpose of love, serve, grow is that we, we want to teach people how to put love at the center of their business and life. And that means that you think more abundantly. And that means that you come from a place of self-worth and that you don't place your self-worth in what you do and your achievements, because that's always going to lead you to burnout and overwhelm and failure, if we can shift from the inside, transformation happens inside out. And if we can start changing the way that people fundamentally think and treat others, then I believe over time that changes the way people look at what we do. Um, I had a girl today, she messaged me, she said, I just soured on network marketing. And I said, that's the wrong approach. Network, there, Nothing about network marketing has changed. I said, you're soured on it because of the people that you've been in contact with that are in it. That's your opportunity. You want to change the way your, 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 your family and friends think about what you do, then change who you are doing it. Mm. That's the opportunity we have today. And so that to me is really, that's the mission of the work that we do. Mm. Wow. So powerful. One of my favorite episodes you did, this was a while back, a couple of years ago, it was about taprooting and um, the concept of really, you know, I see so many 
I'll have a lot of people come to us from our own company or other companies that are like, I don't have anyone to go to. My direct person like doesn't do it anymore. Like, can you help me type of thing? And I just wish if all leaders had that abundant mindset, didn't come from fear, didn't come from scarcity and didn't care how deep someone was in their organization, or honestly, if they even got paid off of them, but had that like service heart led heart of here's some tools or resources that could help you. Or like even the amount of people that I've been like, okay, this business lives in your head. And it sounds like we might need to start working on some of your mindset. You need to start listening to your virtual upline every single week. These are the books you need to read. You need to treat this like the business, like just, just some certain fundamental tools. But that was one of my favorites. And I've revisited it and listened to it multiple times. And I love sending it to my leaders to just remind them when you get caught up in that mindset of, um, I'm getting really like deep in this leg and I don't get paid off this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not what this is about. You have to have a big picture vision, zoom out. And as a leader, you're here to help and serve anyone that wants to, you know, achieve this. Another thing that you taught on that I love, and we, we recently just finished like a year of doing it, um, was WAMs. Mm. was weekly accountability meetings. We had WAM Wednesdays, we did them love every it. single Wednesday. And it was so powerful. We had one for like, um, newer entry level management. And then we had one for, um, more like top leaders. And it was so incredible to every week report on your personal sales, your team sales, your conversations, your events, your, all those types of things, and really hold you accountable of like, man, I'm sitting here thinking about my business all day, but am I actually working my business? Yeah. yeah. And, um, just I love to, to kind of, that. that's awesome. Oh, it was so yeah. transformational for us and for our team. And like so much of what you share and teach, like, I'm, I'm sure you get told this all the time, but so much of it like truly is like so impactful on like such a deep level. It's, it's really amazing what you're doing. I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. That means so much to hear. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Let's get into the weeds too on the, because I love the, the shift from transactional mm -hmm. to to transformational. Yeah. If someone's mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I, I feel that like there's alignment there with like, how does someone start to, to make that shift? Like what are some of the tangible things that people can just start like doing now to start shifting into more transformational interaction with people? Yeah. So I'll make a, I'll make a tactical distinction in a minute, but where it starts is not tactically, it starts in here in your head. Mm -hmm. So transactional, a transactional mindset and approach to your business is one that is always based in scarcity and fear. And transformational is based in love and abundance. And the the, the main primary thing to understand is, is it's, it's just this belief that you are worthy of what you want. It's, it's rooted in a deep inner sense of personal worth. And I think a lot of people struggle with this because society as a whole will always tell us success is some level of achievement, some amount of money, a certain amount of followers on social media. And so we're conditioned to attach our sense of self-worth to what we do and our achievements. And the vast majority of people in this profession are not achieving at a high level. So they're always feeling less than. And so if that's the place that you're coming from, if that's a story you're telling yourself, there's no other action that you're going to take than one that's transactional. And what that means is that you're always going to define yourself by the results. Mm -hmm. So the first step is you just have to be okay with yourself and understand that you are worthy regardless of what you do and that you do have something to offer other people. You know, trust is important. 
a lot of people what we're taught that um, you know, build relationships. And if people like you, they'll buy from you. That's not necessarily true. People don't buy from you because they like you. They buy from you because they trust you. Mm-hmm. And I'll prove this to you. How many really nice people do you know that are broke in this profession? And it's because they ha- learn how to build trust. And the reason why they can't build trust is because they don't even trust themselves. And so it starts with that. But when we get to a tactical level, here's the main distinction is understanding what sales is first and foremost. I believe two most important skills, sales and leadership. If you can learn how to sell and lead, you will be successful in this profession. Everything else flows from those two things. People say, well, what about content? Well, your content sucks because you don't know how to sell. The best marketers are the best salespeople. All marketing is, is you having a conversation out loud for a bunch of people to hear. And that's all that selling is. It's a conversation with the intent of getting somebody to take an action. And so most people have only been taught to sell one way, and we call it transactional selling. It's defined by two things, product and price. I would invite anybody that's listening to this, go back to the last 10 prospecting conversations that you've had and notice how much you talk about product and price, what you do, how great it is, why it's better than what people are doing. When it comes to the business, the product is the opportunity, everything you can get. And then look at how you have a tendency to manipulate price, whether that's on the product side by discounting or another thing that people do that drives me crazy. I think it's not a very good business strategy is manipulating customers to join the business to get a discount on the products, which is really nothing more than you just discounting your stuff. But we do this because we think that if something is less money, it will seem more valuable in the eyes of other people. And when it comes to the business, the way we discount the price is we make, we diminish the amount of time, effort, and money it's going to take to build a successful business. Mm. So we think if I can just make it seem easy enough, that it'll be more valuable, right? Because there's this relationship between price and value. And where most people don't understand this is that if you diminish price. If you drive the price down, it doesn't make something seem more valuable because price and value move together. So you think about like, think about Black Friday. People make all these sales on Black Friday. Why? Because it's cheaper, because it's a good deal. And that's all they do. They go into the conversation, leading with that. They get people to buy. They get all excited. They think this is going to create momentum for their business. And then what? Nada, nothing. Those people never buy again. It's just a little blip. And and listen, you make money, that's fine. But the reason why it doesn't create anything sustainable is because transactional conversations and transactional selling do not create an emotional buy-in from the customers or the people that join your team. That only comes from transformational conversations. So here's the difference. Transactional is price, uh, product and price transformational doesn't focus on the price side. It focuses on the value side of the equation. Mm. It's value and problem focused. So the way you build value is very simple. You connect with people around problems. You cannot make a transformational sale unless there is a clearly identified problem. So what you do is you fundamentally go into a conversation, not thinking how can I make, you know, can I make a sale? You go into it asking yourself, can I help this person? 
You're not attached to trying to get everybody to do it. You genuinely are interested. Let me ask some questions to connect with you, just like I did with that guy when I sat down with him. Mm-hmm. I went into that differently because I genuinely wanted to find out, were you like me? And I knew the questions to ask, and I knew how to relate to him, and I shared stories and experiences that I knew were going to resonate with him once I understood that. And so what I did was I created value for what I did because I became valuable to him. And there's a lesson in that. The kind of business that you want to build, the customers that buy from you and the people that join from you, they're not gonna buy because of your products and or opportunity, they're gonna buy because of you. You are the value. This is the advantage that we have in this business model. We can provide a level of service and an experience for people that most businesses can't. But most people are not thinking this way. So your identify problems, solve problems, focus on other people. And if that's your point of view, watch how differently people respond to you and watch how everything else just starts flowing more from a place of, of purpose and passion, because now you, you have a mission for your business. Your mission is to help a specific person in a specific way that only you can. And that changes the way that you show up. I'm so hearing this and absorbing this and loving all this. I loved your episode on Black Friday or like about Black Friday. Just that was, ask why. Ask why, which yeah. I sometimes your team needs to hear it from someone else, right? Yeah. So when you came out with that episode, I was like, everyone must listen yeah. to this. Just right? ask people, why do you want to buy? Why? Don't send the link right away. Like, And even them, if you do, just ask them after. It's never too late. Yeah, but have the conversation around like yeah. what this could do for them. Like, oh Slow my Slow down. Yes. Right. So that, that's an important thing. Slow down. And it's not because we want to go slow. You slow down so you can sell faster. Because when you connect with people, see, the close doesn't happen at the end. It happens at the beginning. Mm. Like that dude was closed that I met and he didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't have to and, you know, answer, handle objections and go show. It was just, I'm in. Right. And so we slow down. So we can speed up. And there's so many people and, you know, there's, and I was on it for a, a minute, I got to admit, but there's, there's, you know, it used to be the serve don't sell was the, the Instagram meme of the day. Now it's like the anti-hustle is kind of, it's shifting in that direction because <laughs> the serve don't sell kind of got played out. So now everybody's jumping on the anti and I'm anti-hustle, but my definition of hustle is much different to me. Hustle is you trying to outwork your own self-doubt and fear. So you're coming from this place transactionally where you don't feel worthy, you don't feel credible, you don't feel enough. So you just keep trying to work harder and harder, thinking that more is the answer that eventually that's going to get you to where you want to go, but it doesn't. You have to fundamentally change the way that you're showing up. It's quality and then quantity. And so that's, I think there's a valuable lesson there is to be able to, you know, give people permission to just take a look at what they're doing and how they're doing it. So good. You know, I'm realizing as like talking to you live, cause I know you're like your voice like runs through our house. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like on speakers, like, but actually like we have a one-year-old daughter. She probably recognizes. Oh, voice. no yeah. way. That's so, that's so cute. I got a two-year-old son. So I, oh, I, oh my yeah. gosh. The best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but your, your thing on asking better questions. Yes. Um, oh my goodness. Like that, like, I love that whole like document around like being 
the concept of we have two ears and one mouth, right? We mm-hmm. should listen more than we spew, right? From our mouth, like yeah. asking better questions to me is such a um, simple and sustainable and duplicatable way of continuing to grow and attract new to your business. Because if you genuinely care about people and you're able to ask those questions and identify, like, how could my business product service community XYZ serve this person? And it's yeah. not a fit for everybody, but it could be a fit for anybody. If you can connect the dots between where they're at and where they want to be and how your product or service or community or company could help them bridge that gap. So I love highlighting, like there's so much value that you add just by being you and everything that you put out there. And I'm just so grateful that you came on and shared with us. Yeah, I just want to, can I have you guys like just interview me every day? This is really good for my own (laughs) self-worth. I love it. I think that, gosh, this has been so valuable. Like I'm excited to one, I know the answer, but like, where can people connect with you more who are feeling like Sandy and me? Like I need more of Bob in my life. Like where are the best places to connect with you? Yeah. I just always direct people to the, to our podcast, which is called the, your virtual upline podcast. So if you want to learn more about love, serve, grow and how to be more transformational, that's the place where you go. You know, we do most of the time, two episodes a week. You know, mm-hmm. my podcast editor would probably say that's not always the case, but yeah, we do lots of that's why I that's why I really appreciate you guys for grinding it out for two years, two episodes a week. I know that that's not an easy task, but yeah. uh, the podcast is that's really my labor of love. Uh, I pour myself into those episodes, so I would say that would be a good place to go. I awesome. love it. How do people follow you on social media? Um, so I would direct them to Instagram and just search for your virtual upline. And you'll find us. That's mostly where we're creating our content on social right now. Mm. Okay, last last question I have for you. So the podcast name is Getting Magnetic with Sandy and Wade. And as it relates, like, let's say someone's new or not where they want to be yet in network marketing. How would you empower them? And kind of a part B, like, how would you define Getting Magnetic? What does that mean to you? Well, I think most of what we've talked about today kind of leads into this. To me, so when I think about being magnetic, the mistake that most people make is they try to attract everyone. Mm. You know, I had, I had one of our clients on a coaching call. She said something to me. She said, I just can't connect with people through my content. And I, and I didn't even think about it. I just said, well, you can't connect with people because you don't know who you're trying to connect with. And you think about how many how many people are just out there on social trying to be something to everyone? Because we come from this place of scarcity thinking, well, I, people always say, but Bob, I want to help everybody. And I'm like, I get it. But how's that working out for you so far? Mm-hmm. And so when I think about being magnetic, what it is, is it's just you being really clear on that specific person that you have been created to help. Because what happens is, When you're connected to the mission, because the mission is tied to you and your story and everything you've been through in your life, and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you can help that person that was like you. When you're connected to the mission and the message, people can feel it. You just vibrate at a whole different level. Things that you were afraid of doing before you lean into, your your conversations start changing. Everything changes. And what happens is, you know, the, 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 the reverse way of thinking is the more specific you get in your message, the more people you actually attract to you. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, that's where magnetism comes from is, is that level of clarity in terms of what you do. What oh, a thorough answer. Thorough answer. And I have to give you so much credit because you also practice what you preach and you live it and it's your, your identity and you vibrate that way. That's your energy. And literally through this episode, like I already listened to your podcast, like I follow you on social, but through this, I'm like, I need is not the right vibration word. I desire to get like our team around you more. Of course, we'll send your stuff sometimes and stuff. And they probably follow you, but I'm already like, how can I connect deeper with Bob? And how can I connect the people that we lead deeper with Bob? Like he's yeah. literally quote unquote, selling us through just being himself and and teaching and adding value and educating. He didn't have to come on this podcast. Like he's got a lot of things to do. And this is probably valuable to him as well. But here he is loving, serving, growing, giving value. And by the end of it, I'm like, I need to get like into, into a course or some, something for the <laughs> team to get, get into. Like, I need to. Don't just, you even want to know what it is? Wait, <laughs> no, I don't even need to know. I just need Stop, to doesn't matter. It doesn't Bob. matter. So I love how it's kind of come full circle and, and literally just in being you and, in in being aligned. And I think that's, I love the hustle thing you brought up. Like, I think hustling is work out of alignment. If you're in alignment, it doesn't even, it, it can be, it can be like, whoa. I'm yeah. in, I'm going, I'm going in mode, but like, if it's in alignment, it's, it doesn't feel like hustling, which is great. And yeah. so I appreciate, you know, you and who you are and how you show up and everything you're doing for the industry and for people individually. And I'm excited to connect further and deeper with you. Yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I really enjoyed getting a chance to chat with you both today. Thank yes. you so much for being here. All right, y'all. I am so excited to bring the Elevated Man Retreat to the world. It's going to be Saturday, January 7th. It's going to be here in Southern California in the Orange County area. And it's going to be one day, no overnight. It's going to be dawn to dusk. It's going to be men coming together, connecting, doing what men love to do. There'll be some competition. There's going to be coaching. There's going to be goal setting, vision casting for the new year and beyond. Um, There's going to be camaraderie. There's going to be everything that a man wants and needs to do, especially this day and age. Men need men. We're looking to connect to each other. And I want to create this space. I'm going to bring it together. There's only 22 spots. We're starting to fill them, but I'm really excited if you're local or if you want to fly into Orange County, I'd love to have you. I'll drop the link in the show notes for the event right to sign up. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.